0: Good morning. Nice to see everybody here this morning. I'm going to read out of uh, Psalms this morning. Chapter 92, out of the Passion Translation. I'm going to read uh, 1 through 4. It is so enjoyable to come before you with uncontainable praise, spilling from our hearts. How we love to sing our praises over and over to you, to the matchless God, high and exalted over all. At each and every sunrise, we will be thanking you for your kindness and your love. As the sun sets and all through the night, we will keep proclaiming you are so faithful. Melodies of praise fill the air, as every musical instrument joined with every heart overflows with worship. No wonder I'm so glad. I cannot keep it in. Lord, I'm shouting with glee over all you've done for me. Man, you know, stop and think what God's done for us. You know, we're coming into the season for Christmas. You know, that's when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Look what our God has done. He gave his son... To come here on earth. I mean, that we ought to be really and truly excited about that. Look what he's done. So this morning in praise and worship, why don't we just really and truly praise and worship the Lord for what he's done for us. Because, man, he's done a whole lot for me. More for me than I could ever imagine. I mean, I thank God that he's forgiven me for my sins. I thank God that I'm not the way that I used to be, that I used to be. I thank God for giving the son Jesus for me so I can have eternal life. I just thank God for all. And praise and worship this one. Seriously, just really get down and, and praise and worship and thank God for what he's done for us. Okay? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask you to have your way in this place today, Lord God. Lord God, guide and direct us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.
1: JOHN Go oh, tell it on the mountain over Wanting to be Oh
2: I guess my uh, lapel is not working this morning, so we're going to have to go with this, I guess. But I, I believe that God is is still working and is, is um, I'm a little bit loud now, so definitely turn me down. We're going to get this sound system right one of these days, church. Uh, we're going to get the sound system right one of these days, uh, praise the Lord. But... um. Uh, You know, we still believe in a God that that is a divine, supernatural, healing God. And so I want us to pray right now um, for those who are sick in body, those who have this disease. And uh, let's just reach out and touch the hem of his garment this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come to call out your name and to declare by the stripes that you bore upon your back. That, Lord, those, especially those in our own church family, those who cannot be here with us this morning, due to this virus, due to this attack, oh, Father God, due to the illness, Father God, right now we just pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch them from the top of their head all the way down to the toes of their feet, oh, Father God. Lord, that you would just begin to bring a divine healing into their body. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, Lord, bless this tithe, bless this offering. May it do exactly what you desire it to do and accomplish your kingdom work in this season. We ask this in Jesus' name and everyone say amen and amen. God bless you as you give unto the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. We have a few who are out today due to... Um, illness, and uh, we just pray for them that God will bless them and touch them. Uh, Open up your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Luke, to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Again, if I'm a little bit uh, uh, hot, uh, sound man, please uh, focus on the uh, sound this morning and uh, make sure that you accommodate accordingly. But Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and I want to begin reading uh, with verse number 21 of Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished, For the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray that you will bless this word. Speak to our hearts in your name we pray. Amen. His name was called Jesus. Jesus. In Philippians chapter 4 verse number 19 it says that by his grace he has given to us all things that we have asked for Philippians 4:19 by his grace we have all the things that we have asked for. I was reminded of God's grace this week where once again I was on my way to work in the morning and uh, the deer must really love my vehicles. They, they must really love, they must think that my vehicles are, are pretty toys. They always love to come out right with my vehicle is, is passing by their, their homestead, apparently. Uh, they like to come out and say hello. And so, I was once again driving to work, and once again, uh, the deer decided to pop out of the middle of nowhere just to say hi. And um, thankfully, once again, I, you know, I was far enough behind and I was able to move just slightly uh, to, to pass the deer. As, as I also waved him and said goodbye. Uh, I don't want to say any more to you, but goodbye. And we, we, I passed it there, and thankfully there was no accident of any kind. But you know, that's by the grace of God. By the grace of God, what the enemy may have meant for harm, by God's grace, he said, I'm going to protect you. And you know, I'm so glad that we serve a God who has grace for his children. A God who is not just in it to look down upon mankind and laugh at mankind every time mankind seems to fall into trouble. Every time mankind seems to fall into some kind of problem or situation and you have a God up in heaven that's like to look down on you and laugh and say, ha ha. But see, we serve a God who says, I have grace on you. I have grace that has already gone before you and has already made a way for you. I have grace that has already been poured out by the blessing of my own son. And in fact, not only do I have grace, but according to Philippians 4.19, he says, it is the riches of my grace. The riches of my grace. Which means that God's saying, listen, my grace, I'm not just going to give you a little bit of grace. You see, because I love you so much and I care for you so much, I'm going to pour out the riches of my grace. I'm going to pour out the riches. It's not just going to be a litter. You know, one of the things that I... Uh, this year we've talked to our children about it, and we've mentioned to them that, you know, this year Christmas is going to be on a budget. Come on, somebody. You know, you know, you know, Santa Claus may be able to make a whole lot of things but, uh, uh, you know, Dad doesn't, uh, uh, you know, have, have those kinds of funds. Come on, somebody. And so, you know, we understand there's a budget to, to be made. There's a budget to be kept. but I praise God that the one who I serve is not on a budget. He's, he, he's not budget conscience. See, my, 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 my kids always make fun of their dad because they always say that dad's too concerned about money. Dad's, dad's too concerned about how much things cost. I, I went shopping, I took my kids out shopping uh, yesterday uh, for, for their mother and uh, we went out shopping and, and I was looking at some different things and trying to decide, and, and, you know, okay, what you guys want to get. And one of the things that I kept saying, okay, so how much is that one? And they said, but now dad, this is for, this is for mom. You shouldn't care how much it is. I said, son, how much is that one? And so, and so they know every time they go shopping with dad, one of the first things they look at is the price tag. They have to go find the price tag. But you know, God is not on a budget. God is not He's not worried about the cost. And so He says, Listen, I'm gonna pour out my grace, and not only is it gonna be grace, but it's gonna be the riches of my grace. I'm gonna pour it out in such abundance that you are going to be overwhelmed by my grace. On your life. You're going to be overwhelmed by how much grace I'm willing to give to you. You're going to be overwhelmed by the measure of grace I'm willing to pour into your life and into your destiny. Come on, somebody, give God some praise in this house. Because because of God's grace. The Bible says that you and I, according to the riches of his grace, we have lacked for nothing. But you know one thing I've come to realize? Is that sometimes the riches of God's grace don't always show up when I want it to. See, sometimes I would like the riches of grace at a time when I want it. I want the riches of God's grace when I, when, when I think I'm in more need of it. Come on, church. And there were times that I look at that and I say, but God... You promised me I would not be in lack, but here I am. I'm seeming, seeming in my own, uh, 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 my own vision, by my own accord. I think I'm in lack. So, God, how come you're not pouring out riches on me? How come you're not pouring out grace on me? Where's my measure? Where's my increase? But let me know that we serve a God who works on His timetable, not ours. We serve a God who understands the timing of all things. And to him, all things are perfect in his timing, not yours. And you know, we even find this to be true in the story of Christmas. Because if we continue reading here in Luke chapter 2, we find something very peculiar Look at verse 22 of Luke 2. It says, And when the days of a purification, according to the law of Moses. Now I want you to stop right there. In other words, this is the law of Moses. So you can, you can uh, uh, attest to this by going back into the law of Moses. Particularly in the book of Leviticus. And you can find this law in writing. You can find the law that they were about to perform. And he says, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem. Now, let me let me explain to you the law. The law was that for every male child that you had, you had to go to Jerusalem, and you had to bring a sacrifice to the temple. Parents they didn't care about the females, but for every male that was born, I'm sorry, that was bad. That was bad, Pastor. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. just trying trying to add a levity here, but, you know, the law said that for every male that was born, you had to bring him to the temple, and you had to bring a sacrifice. And the sacrifice was a lamb. The sacrifice was a lamb. But I want you to notice something. That the law gave an exception. The law said, now, if you were of a poor family and you cannot afford a lamb, then you could bring two turtle doves or two pigeons. So let's look here at Luke chapter 2. And it says that they, they, they accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. They were, they were obeying the law of God. Let me first of all say, church, that we as the people of God ought to obey the Word of God. You see, I'm so glad that Joseph and Mary, that they decided to be parents who followed and obeyed the Word of God. Even though to you and I we may seem like, well, that's kind of a a, a goofy law. I praise God, I'm no longer under law, I'm under grace. But you know what? God's grace accomplished that, that his parents should abide by the word of God and perform that which God said to do. And so they brought him to the Lord. And look at verse 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every man that openeth the room shall be called holy to the Lord and offer a sacrifice to that which is in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So here we see the law in Leviticus chapter 14 actually tells us in Leviticus 14.9 that they are to bring a lamb. But the the exception is if you are poor, you can bring two turtle doves or two pigeons. And here in Luke chapter 2, we find out what Mary and Joseph bought. They bought two turtle doves or two pigeons. Now wait a minute. I thought... They just gave birth to the King of all kings. I thought they just gave birth to the Lord of all lords. I thought they just gave birth to him who is creator of it all, master of it all. Why were they poor? How could they be poor? If Jesus, after all, according to Philippians four nineteen, the one that gives grace, and by the riches of his grace, we have lack for nothing, we have need for nothing, he supplies all of our need according to the riches of his grace that are in Jesus Christ. And so if we have everything that we need in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was there, he was the son, he was the baby, this was the time they were bringing him to the temple, why were they not having enough? Why were they not having the lamb? Why were they having to bring Stella, the sacrifice of pigeons and to doves? But you see, why have they brought the sacrifice of pigeon doves? I, I believe that Mary and Joseph may not yet have fully understood what was going on. But see, according to the book of Revelation, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who was slain from the very foundation of the world. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who would be put on the cross many years later. And there he would die, the punishment of the Lamb once and for all. He would become the sacrifice once and for all. So I believe that even though they did not bring a lamb in the flesh, they brought the better thing. They brought the Lamb of God. They brought the Lamb who was to be slain. Hallelujah, on somebody. And you see what I'm trying to tell you here this morning? Is that while they may not have had what they seemingly would like to have had, they did not have the lamb, they had to show up as a poor person, as a poor family, giving the poor man sacrifice. But yet, what they had was greater than every other family in the temple that day. What they had was far greater than every other sacrifice every other family was giving that day. Because they had the lamb of God and the form of Jesus Christ in the flesh. I want to tell you saints this morning, what you may look like you have doesn't seem to be enough. What you may say you have doesn't seem to supply all of your needs. What you may say that you have is not good enough. I can't bother to let you know that you have Jesus Christ to the Lord, and they gave the sacrifice of doves and turtle doves. But now, look with me in Matthew. Matthew chapter two. Matthew chapter two. I wanna show you something here this morning. And in Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse number 11, this is the story of the wise men, or the magi, coming to worship Jesus. And we find him in Matthew chapter 2, verse number 11. When they, the magi, the wise men, when they were come into the house, this is Mary and Joseph's house in Nazareth. When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now stay with me. They just gave these magi, these kings, these these wise men, they gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were very expensive gifts. I mean, gold, obvious. But frankincense and myrrh were also very, very costly. Extremely costly. And so they gave them these gifts. Now, if they gave them these gifts. See, here's how you know the timeline. Are you ready? They gave them these gifts after Jesus was already presented in the temple. Because if they gave them these gifts before. they would have been able to buy lots of lambs. Come on, somebody. See, if the, if the wise men had given them all the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh before they took Jesus to the temple to be uh, presented to the Lord, they would have been able to buy lots of lambs. They had gold. All they had to do was buy a lamb. But you see, God brought the wise men just after they presented Jesus in the temple. Well, now, how come God wouldn't bring the, all these wonderful riches before? How come God wouldn't bring me all these riches before? I mean, after all, millions also probably could have used it. They could have used it while they were down in Bethlehem, while they were having to literally sleep in, 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 in a cave, a manger, only having a manger to put the baby in, How, how come God would not have given these riches before? If God had already planned for the Magi to bring gold and frankincense and myrrh and costly gifts, how come God couldn't give it to Mary and Joseph even before the baby was born? After all, I'm sure they needed the money. I'm sure they could have used it. Would have helped out. But you see, God always is right on time. While we may see it as a delay, God sees it. I know what I'm doing, and I'm bringing you what you need right when you need it. You may want it now, but I see something coming down the road that you don't yet see. I see something far greater down the road that you don't yet see. And I know when I give this to you, it's going to be right on time. When I pour out this measure of grace in your life, it's going to be right on time, and it's going to be exactly what you need right when you need it. Hallelujah. Somebody praise him for that kind of a God that we serve. See here's why. Are you ready? Because right after the wise men gave these gifts unto Jesus and gave them unto Mary and Joseph, look at what it says now. It says, and when when they were deported, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise. And take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Are you catching this? In other words, right after the wise men showed up and gave them the gifts, Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, God the Father, said, Joseph, it's time to take a vacation." To go to Egypt now. I don't know how much how much travel cost back in those days, but I know how much travel costs today. You know, just to go on one little short week long vacation trip. You know, about uh, breaks the bank. Come on, somebody. I know how much travel costs today. I can only imagine the cost of travel. In those days, you have to ride all the way across from all the way down to the Judean hills, stopping at all the ends along the way because you have a brand-new baby and a, and a mother that's just given birth uh, a little bit before this. So you have to stop at inns all along the way. You have to cross into another country called Egypt, and there you have to stay. And notice the angel did not tell, even tell him how long. He didn't even give him a, 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 an itinerary. that go to Egypt and stay there until I say so. Maybe that was, was a very long vacation. Maybe it wasn't that long a vacation. It had to been long enough in order to accomplish for Herod to already assemble his army, come all the way down from Jerusalem into the Judean hills of Bethlehem in order to slaughter all the infants in that whole region of Ramah, not just Bethlehem, but the whole region of Ramah, and make their way back to Jerusalem again and for Herod to forget about it. So this was not just a three-day vacation. This was an extended vacation. They needed funds in order to accommodate. I was picturing this this week and I thought to myself, you know, uh, what what a difference in, in contrasting our generation to that generation. You know, Joseph was a carpenter. You know, it's one thing today when you have an office job or a work job and you know, you have your nice cell phone and, and your laptop and you can just, you know, while I'm on vacation, you can say, well, I need to make a little bit of money now, so I'm just going to stop, pull over for a couple of hours and, you know, work for a couple of hours. And, but when you're a carpenter, you know, I, I don't really know if it's that easy, Brother Floyd. Maybe maybe, maybe it is. Maybe you can tell me if it is. So just, you know, while you're on vacation, just stop for a moment and say, I'm going to stop, pull out my table saw for an hour, just to do a little wood cutting for an hour to see if I can make some money here, just to... You know, (laughs) let me just pull out my chainsaw real quick and try to make some extra dough here. You know, he didn't have that luxury, so he would have needed lots of funds in order to accommodate. That kind of a trip. And you know what? Praise God. He showed up right in time. King, uh, God knew already what King Herod was up to. He knew what was going to happen in the region of Ramah. It was already prophesied all the way back into the book of Zechariah what was going to happen in the region of, uh, of Ramah and with Bethlehem. He already knew all of this was about to be placed. And so what happened? He already, even before Jesus was born, he already set up the sword in the sky, already called. The Persian Magi from the region of Persia to already begin their journey, not to show up when Jesus was born, but to show up just after in the house of Nazareth, so that when the time came for them to flee, they would have what they needed in order to make the trip and make the journey. Come on, somebody, and what I'm preaching this morning: be served an on-time God. Be served a God who gives exactly what you need when you have need of it, somebody give God some praise in this house. You see, that's the grace of God. That's the riches of his grace. And he says, I will supply all of your needs. I will supply all of your needs. Not when you think you need it. But I will supply... I will meet, I will take care. Come on somebody, begin to give God some praise in this house. I will take care of you, I will give to you. Hallelujah, I love that scripture in the the book of Luke. He says, I will give pressed down, shaken together. I will give it unto you. I will give you all that you need. I will give you all that you need. I will give you all that you need, but here's what you need to do first. In order to first receive, you need to first trust me. You need to trust me. You need to trust me. You see, why didn't they have it? Why didn't they have these riches of gold, frankincense, and myrrh when they went into the temple with Jesus? It's because Jesus said, listen, I don't need that kind of, I don't need earthly possessions when I go into the house of the Lord. What I need is just Jesus. I don't need, oh, come on. Preach right here. I don't need the I don't need the fancy suits or the beautiful little tie. I thought about putting a tie on this morning, and then I said, nope, I don't want to because I got a fat neck. And I, I, so, so I said, No more ties. Hallelujah. But come on, somebody. I'm giving I'm preaching to you right here, right now. I'm letting you know that you don't need all that, but you come in the house of God. You just need Jesus. Hallelujah. But when it came time to go on the journey that's when God said now I'm gonna provide your need I'm gonna make it possible I'm gonna listen saints I don't know about you but I'm on a journey of faith I'm on a journey towards Jesus. Come on. I'm on a a journey towards a higher level of faith in my life. I'm on a journey towards a greater measure of his power in my life. Is there anybody in this house this morning that's ready to take this journey with me? Is there anybody ready to go on a journey to a higher walk, a higher level, a higher measure of faith in your life, a higher realm where you can begin to call forth the things which are not as though they are. A higher measure of faith where you can begin to speak to the mountains, be thou removed. And they will be cast into the sea according to your word. Is there anybody ready to walk in a greater measure of faith than what you have ever done so before? Is there anybody ready to lay hands on the sick and see them be covered? Is there anybody ready to look at demons in the eye and say, be God in Jesus' name? Is there anybody ready for a greater measure of faith and power in your life? I can't bother to let you know if you are wanting to take that journey with me, God is right now saying to you and to me, go ahead, take the journey, I will give you what you need on your way. Don't be afraid to take the first step. Don't be afraid to start out. I know it may seem hard. It may seem tough. The life of a Christian may not necessarily be the easiest life to live, but I came out to let you know, if you will just take the step, Jesus said, I will provide for that step. When you take the next step, I will provide for that step. When you take the next step, I will provide for that step. I am the God who will supply all of your needs according to the riches of my grace in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Somebody give God some praise in this house. my God shall supply all of your need according to the riches in Christ Jesus our Lord you know It may have seemed odd to the shepherds who saw Jesus in a manger. It may have seemed odd to all the people of Bethlehem when the shepherds were running about the whole city telling everybody what they saw and heard. <clears throat> it may have seemed odd. You mean a king is born? And he's born in a cave. After all, the, the stable back in those days when the cave of the Judean hills, Bethlehem was built into the hills of Judea. And so the stables were actually caves in the hills. It may have seemed odd to see Jesus born in that way. Where's the riches? Where's the fanfare? Where's the glory? Can I just take one more little side road, And I promise I'll bring it right back. You see many times we long for the glory. Is there anybody here that longs for the glory? Isaiah chapter 60 says, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Is there anybody ready to walk into a greater measure of his glory? To literally, with every step you take, to have the glory cloud round about you. So that everywhere you walk, you are bringing an atmosphere of glory with you. Is anybody ready for that this morning? But you know what, church? You can run to the altar all you want to and pray for the glory. You can run to the altar and tarry there. I know I know an old term Pentecost. Can I, just, can I just get weird with this church this morning? I know old school Pentecost used to talk about going to the altar and tarry there. And the and, and the doctrine of tarrying, but you know what? I praise God that God says you don't no longer need to tarry. That whole tarrying concept, that was for the disciples because God said it's not time yet. See I'm not ready to pour out that measure of grace yet, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ready to pour out that measure of grace yet. That measure of grace is going to come on Pentecost. So yeah, you need the theory from resurrection to Pentecost. But I praise God that the Holy, the grace of the Holy Spirit has now already been released and you no longer have to tear me in order to receive because the grace of the Holy Ghost has already been released. The veil of the temple has already been torn and the power of the God of heaven has already been released into your life for all those who are asked and receive him. The Bible says you will now receive the power and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I praise God, I don't have to tear me any longer. Hallelujah. But oh, it may have seemed odd when they saw him in, the, in, this, in this manger. But if you want to walk in the glory, are you ready, people? You want to walk in the glory? It's time to stop tearing. It's time to stop just waiting around. Come on, I'm preaching right here. It's time to stop just standing around and saying, well, I hope everything's gonna get better. Well, 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 maybe everything might turn around. Maybe, Maybe once the new year comes around. Come on, church, I'm, I'm going to be preaching about the new year here in a couple more weeks. I'm going to be preaching about the vision for 2021, but stay with me here. I'm not talking about uh, just, well, maybe when the new year comes around, things will just get better. Oh, let me just give you a nice little pie-in-the-sky theology about about how next year will be different. I'm not here to give you a pie-in-the-sky theology. I'm here to say it to you and to everyone watching me via live stream right here this morning. If you want to see the glory begin to materialize in your life, and you've got to take that step and begin going down the journey of faith and begin walking your journey of faith and begin moving forward with Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life because here's what the Bible says, that when you begin to walk by faith and not by sight then all of a sudden all these things will be added unto you all these things will come your way he will supply all of your needs with every single step you take, he will supply with every single step you take he will move and move mountains on, on, on your behalf. He will move rivers on your behalf. He will supply. He will give grace. Riches of grace. Riches of grace on your behalf. If somebody is it's time to stop just standing about looking at, at a baby in a manger. And it's time to start doing what the shepherds did and lead the king and start telling people about Jesus. The angels, the the, the shepherds didn't stay in that cave. They didn't stay oogling the baby. Come on now. I know it's cute.
3: Oh, cute little baby.
2: Come on. Talking on those cute little baby cheeks. Oh, there was a time for those shepherds to stand around and Google. I don't mean Google over, you know, dot com, but I mean Google, the baby. But the time came for them to leave and to tell everybody. This season, my challenge to the church this morning, my challenge to the church this morning is this. I praise God for the... Manger scene that is here that we can be reminded of this, of the date when Jesus was born in this manger. But I'm not here to Google over this manger. Anymore, the manger is behind me, and the cross is before me. The manger is behind me, and all the all of His glory is before me. Is somebody hearing me this morning? The manger is back then, but now I serve a God who says I must supply you have to look at the manger in order to meet your your, your, your happiness quarter. You can just start walking by faith and see what I will do for you. Walk by faith and see what will happen for you. Walk by faith and begin preach and teach my name preach and teach Jesus that's why in Luke chapter 2 I'm so glad that when when the days of purification came and it came time for Mary to, to give the baby his name she was not ashamed to say his name shall be Jesus because he is the Lamb of God he is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Hallelujah, stand with me in this place as I close.